Welcome, everybody. You have just tuned in to Star Chaser Central, a podcast about Charles Hampton music moments and everything in between. I'm Stick Braxton. And I am Mike D. Jackson. And we are here to talk about Dilla, kind of. Kind of. We kind of yeah. are. Even though this is a Charles Hamilton podcast, um, there would be no Charles Hamilton if there was no Dilla. So we got to give props to Dilla. And we have to talk about a particular tape. Uh, which tape are we talking about today, though? We are talking about uh, the infamous man. Uh, and then they played Dilla. One of, one, one, of, one, of, one of the most the first, iconic first, tapes, I would say. The first Dilla. Because um, if I remember, there's three actual Dilla tapes. But the first one that started it all. Yeah. And full transparency. This is going to shock some of y'all. And I apologize to everybody. This is actually my first time listening to this tape. I did not listen to this tape back in the day. Wait, what? <clears throat> I apologize to everyone. I did not listen to this tape back in the day. Oh, you never, never listened to this tape at all. I thought you listened to this one before. No. So there's one or two songs I heard because people were like, oh, you got to check this out. Check this out. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. But, you know, with Charles flooding so much music, putting so much music out there, I was like, yeah, I'm going to get back to it and just never went never backtracked to it until now and it's wow. one of those things where we know there's only uh a handful of songs on this project so i was just like i'll, I'll get to it and then just never did and then part of me is just like eh, i don't know and then eventually you know we're talking about it today and i'm just like wow like geez it is that's why i had to apologize because i'm just like I, I missed out. I'll say this. Not not trying to bring any spoilers, but I definitely missed out. And there's definitely some definitely a uh interesting tape. I'll I'll say I'll say that. Yeah. Uh that's a that's a truth uh a truth bomb that I wasn't expecting because I mean we talked about this before. We kind of just like we we kind of mentioned what we're gonna listen to, but we don't really talk about it throughout the week. Um so that's 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 news to me. Um, right. I could say for me. Um, this is one of those states where I, I listen and I was like, okay, cool. Again, I'm a very, I'm very much a guy that listens to a, a tape like one or two times, three times, and then I'm picking out like, I'm gonna add this. I'm gonna make sure I listen to this all the time, or I'll playlist it right. So back mm-hmm. then, it's you know iPod situation. Uh, so I would, I'd keep the whole tape on on my iPod, but then I would just playlist like the songs I would want to hear over and over. Right, I just make like a Charles Hampton playlist or whatever. So I, there's a couple on here that I know for a fact back then I was like, yes, these are my favorite songs. And then it's gonna be interesting now going back and listening to it. Has that changed? And spoiler alert, definitely, definitely has changed for sure. Uh, okay, so it's, gonna be, it's gonna be fun. To, it's gonna be fun to talk about. Yeah, because the one thing that that is interesting, I do remember when I first saw the tape. I was like, okay, and then they played Dillard, and I, I'm familiar with who Jay Dillard is, but mm-hmm. I was just like, since I never checked out the tape back then, I was just like, okay, well, I wonder why he made a tape, you know, about Dilla that was influenced by Dilla, and before I knew anything that about Charles and his, you know, about how, why he cares about Dilla so much, mm-hmm. and not only that, he, the, the covers are very similar, uh, Jay Dillard's Donuts cover, and then yeah. Charles Hamilton's Dilla cover, where it's just, you know, same thing. So I'm like, all right, well, he's definitely paying homage. But I got to find out recently, and I'm like, I, I get it now. Mm-hmm. And also, I was like, let me actually do a little bit more research on Dilla 
himself because I know who Jay Dilla is, one of my favorite groups, Slum Village. I mm-hmm. listen to them all the time. I'm like, all right, well, Dilla is has influenced so many people, but I'm like, all right, well, kind of what's the big deal though? Because like I knew a bit about him, but then it's like it's just this was a whole learning experience for me. I'll say that. This whole tape, I was like, I had to do a lot of research. Yeah, and um I like said the cover is probably one of my favorite covers of any tape. Cause I, I like the whole just replacing Dilla with Sonic and the uh the Mevelous uh logo on the hat. Right. Um but yeah, it's it's Dilla is probably one of the most highly revered producers ever, I would say. A lot of people respect him, a lot of people um pay homage and say that he's one of the best and definitely gone too soon. Um yeah, yeah, I mean I'm like you, I, I had to do kind of some research. You actually made a great point of going back and listening to Donuts, like kind of to like listen to this uh, as, yeah. you know, doing like a comparison thing. And when you listen to it, you're like, yo, you can just sense the the inspiration and you can see what Charles saw in them. And then you start to think like, dang, I know this sample. I know this sample from these Charles songs and it's crazy to think about. Um but yeah, let's get right into it, man. Uh, the intro coming around. What what did you? It's the only tape. It's the only song on the tape that isn't that doesn't have an instrumental. Because as you alluded to, there's only what we say like seven, seven. What, eight songs. I think I think seven. I could be wrong. Uh, I think it's let's see one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's eight songs okay. and then seven instrumentals. Gotcha. Um, and then what's going on is the only one that. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, coming coming around is the only one that doesn't have an instrumental to it, but it is the intro to the to the album. And what do you think about it? So I'm going to be a little biased with this song because, like I said, alluded to earlier, uh, this actual beat is a Slum Village beat, but obviously it's made by Jay Dilla, right? And the songs, the original song is called Players. I love that song. So when I heard it, I'm like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. When it first came on, you know, Charles is, you know, doing the singing thing and whatnot. And I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about it. Then he, then he comes in, like I said, he, he comes in the pocket, you know, just make sure he does what he does. He raps on there, just best of both worlds. And I'm like, all right, all right. He brought me back, brought me back. And you can't really go wrong on that beat, honestly. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's, it's, of course, you have to do it justice, but it's a classic Slum Village beats, classic Dilla beat. And it's just, it's it's a smooth track. I, I love it. So I, I'm I'm I enjoy that song a lot. It kind of sets up the table too for kind of what the the tape is doing. And I, and for me, I feel like it's and I could be wrong because I I don't remember the blog post. I don't remember what the actual significance of the kind of the message or the mission that is is. Presented to Charles at the beginning of the tape, where he's like, you know, your mission is to bring about change in hip hop and change the way people look at music or whatever. And I kind of felt like that's supposed to be like, quote unquote, Dilla telling him, hey, this is your mission. Can you kind of pick up the ball and take it from here? You know what I'm saying? And I feel like that's kind of what he's, what the tape is trying to do, and that's what the the mission is. And you kind of see that throughout the the tape and the different songs and some of the, the lyrics that he's saying, especially in like the outro um, yeah, about trying to, you know, change music. So I like this record. It's a great way to start. Agreed. Totally agree. Totally. Yeah. Agree. So then we follow up with Al. And what was your thoughts about that one? All right. So with this song, seeing the title, I'm just like, 
All right. And I was thinking about, for some reason, Max B, right? Because that was one of his, like, kind of his little ad libs and whatnot. And then Charles Conner does something like that. Not, I don't want to say he, he bit off him, but, you know, just definitely did something kind of influenced funky track and whatnot. And like I said, for you guys, I, I guess I'll say it. I feel that if you are going to listen to Dilla, the first tape, if you haven't listened to Donuts, please listen to it because it gives you so much more insight. And like what Stick said, there's going to be certain beats that you hear on there and you're like, oh, so this beat comes from this beat. And with Donuts, with that with that uh, tape, with that project, what was so crazy, like you said, Dilla changed the game in so many ways. Charles is trying to do the same thing not copy it, but just do it in his own way. Yeah. And one thing that I didn't know was that with Donuts, when Dilla, like, I think it was 29 of the songs that he made for, it's like 31 songs, but 29 of them, he was in the hospital, you know, because he has, he had lupus and yeah. TTB. And it's like, he did all that with the beat machine in the hospital. You you know, you're probably, you're going to pass, but yeah. you're like, well, I'm going to keep doing what I love. So it's just yeah. like, and, and it's funny. So to go back to Al, you know, when you think about Al, you're like, it's either Al, Al, like that's funky, that's groovy, or Al that hurts. You know, yeah. but it's one of those things where you you could take you could take it in either way, but you're trying to make something powerful. You're trying to make something to make people dance, make a move, some type of emotion. And I was driving, to, I was driving in the car listening to this, and I was just like, just just a head, head bob song. I'm just like, okay, just. Mm-hmm. I, I, I I felt I felt the song, so I was like, "Yo, this is two for two, two for two. I'm all I can say is just like Charles did his thing on that one. Yeah, I I like I like the point you make about it. Kind of like there's two ways to kind of look at Al, and um, there's a funk a funk style way and like a, you know a painful way. And I I want to say, yeah, I want to say it's like more the funk way in this situation because it's like the the verse kind of starts off with no swag. You know, and but he's you saying that no swag for me is kind of like the swag, and so yeah. it's like that's my funky style, right? That's my that's my that's my groovy style. It's just having really no swag at all, but it works for me. Um, or like my swag is I have no, I have such no swag swag that it hurts. So it's like a double entendre when it comes to the owl, right? Um, yeah. For me, I will say this is probably my the weakest of the songs. For me, right? Oh, okay. that, that's what I would say. Or not weakest. Weak, I hate the word weakest in this situation because I like all of them. So let's say it's the one that uh, it would be, if I had to rank it, would be at the bottom of the list. Um, right. Because I like some of the other ones better. Maybe for messaging, maybe just because of the beat, uh, different, whatever. Uh, but yeah, I, I think he does a good job on it. Again, it's a fun record. You know, when Charles does the stuff, like when he does like little ad-libs or sounds like, ah, you know, he, it's fun. It's like I like I like when he does stuff like that uh, to kind of break up some of the more serious and maybe more of the some of the more lyrical stuff. He can really combine a bunch of different things, and this is one of those type of records where it's like this is just supposed to be fun. Enjoy it um, because there will be like some heavier stuff or some love stuff, uh, you know, as the tape goes along. And it's a short tape, so it's he has to kind of master time with this one, you know. It's that's a good point you, you you said about that because Charles trying to master time with this tape and trying to get the mission done and completed. And I, I mentioned earlier, 
Dilla was basically almost on his deathbed trying to get this tape out. And it's the crazy part is he was able to put out donuts on his birthday. Then three days later, gone. So he was able to put the tape out on his own terms, on his own time, Dilla time, and still be able to do what he needed to do. And then it's like, all right, well, I'm going to leave the world with this. I'm out. And for real, peace, I'm out. But that's just crazy, like, how that kind of comes around. Kind of like a donut as well, because the tape, that tape starts and ends, same song. And it's just one of those things where we all have our own timing and we all have our own schedule. But you got to you got to make the best of what your time is, whether it's whether it's a lengthy time, whether it's limited. You just have to do what's best for you and and what you can do. Yeah, good point. Good point. I was going to ask this. I mean, it's basically the tape, so we can kind of ask this now. Um, The point you made about like, you know, Dilla just, you know, taking things in his own hands and and doing stuff on his own terms. I was going to ask, like, what's the impact that Dilla has on Charles Hamilton? Because for long-time Star Chasers, we know that Dilla is Charles' favorite producer. Like, that's the one he is most often citing, um, often sampled. Um, and I, I can see the similarities in that in that point that you made, that Charles likes to have things and control things in his own hands. He wants to do things on his own terms. He wants to do things on by his standards and his situation right so yeah. i was gonna ask you what do you how do you feel about the impact that dilla has had on charles throughout his career honestly if we don't mention you know back at that time when charles said he had the philosophy of god being a woman or mm-hmm. you know the whole thing of sonic sonic the hedgehog about living your life like that just damn near everything mm-hmm. so with dilla his whole thing was, and I didn't even know this, he was one of the people that kind of helped usher in lo-fi. Like, yeah. I didn't start hearing about lo-fi music until Charles was doing it or doing his own version of it. Mm-hmm. That was in 2012, 2011. We're still mm-hmm. in 2008. You know what I mean? He's still doing music that's still kind of like considered recorded mainstream style, you know? Yeah. But I didn't know that Dilla was making quote-unquote lo-fi music and what i had to look up look that up i'm like okay what is the actual definition of lo-fi music and they say lo-fi music is uh music that is um kind of not played incorrectly but there's like imperfections but it's on purpose you know Mm -hmm. so if there's a misplaced note a misplayed note uh maybe some noise in the background it's done on purpose you know someone Mm -hmm. can say oh you recorded that kind of like weird it's like I did that for a reason. Like right. I, I put that snare on the third and a half beat just to give it an extra, give it an extra sound, you know, or I might've uh, put two sounds together that aren't supposed to go together. Mm-hmm. And we know Charles has innovated in his music in his own way as well. And like I said before, if there was no Dilla, there might not have been of Charles. So I feel like in pretty much almost every aspect uh, everywhere where it came to maybe not, Maybe not lyrics wise, right? Because mm-hmm. Dilla was a rapper, but he's more known as producer. But producing wise, like pretty much in every aspect that Charles wanted to not necessarily be like him. He wanted to just create and record. And Dilla had that effect on a lot of people. Cause Dilla said in an interview, when I hear DJ Premier or Dr. Dre or Timbaland, when I hear them make a beat, it makes me want to go in the studio and create something. Mm-hmm. Not the same thing, but something, you know, in, in my in my nature, in my own style. Mm-hmm. And I feel Charles was the same way. Like whenever I hear one of Dilla's beats or some type of production he did, it makes me go in there 
and want to do something because we can hear the samples that Charles used from donuts, but it's still a fresh new feel on it. Like, oh, that's where he got that from. Not a, okay, I, I see. Okay, so he took that and just added drums on it. He he took that and, you know, slowed it down. It, mm-hmm. It's not like that. So uh, a, a huge impact, I, I believe. Um, How do you feel about that, though? Yeah, uh, you said the, the thing about imperfections that I, I like to think about all the time. Charles says, and I messed up on the beat. Uh, and I'm keeping it. Don't, I know you hear the. I know you hear me getting out the booth. Like you know, what I'm saying all the times he's he's done something like that, and I feel like that's kind of his like his nod and his like oh to like stuff that something that Dylan would do, right? Right. And just listen to like donuts, and you kind of listen to like some of the samples and, and or some of the songs that are on there, and you can you can you can take that and then you listen to the stuff that Charles makes, and you're like, oh yeah, you can definitely see it. Like you know what I'm saying. Like you said, he's adding his he's adding his own style on top of the style of Dilla, right? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, again, like you said, there really is no Charles without Dilla, I feel like. I feel like that's I feel like you look there's the Sonic, there's the pink, God's the woman, and then there's Dilla. That's the Mount Rushmore of like the things where you're like, okay, these are the four things with Charles that you kind of like, at least original 2008, 2009, that iteration iteration of Charles, right? That's what you remember. Yeah. Um and yeah, uh He's always he's always tried to keep his name alive. Always tried to, you know, show homage. You know, sometimes for better or worse. Uh, we'll get to that one day. But yeah, I I just feel like the impact. You know, without Dilla, I feel like Charles' sound is different. And you know, it's it's yeah. it's good that he he chose him as his kind of like mentor or like his his uh his inspiration. Completely different because, like we said, even if it wasn't Charles, just so many other people that wanted to produce a rap or whatever, is so much has has would have changed, and we wouldn't, we just wouldn't even know. It'd just be a thing of like, oh well, it's not really there. So just okay, just this is what we're used to because we weren't used to the impact of Dilla, even though most people don't still don't even know who he is like they either weren't alive or they just weren't active in the scene or whatever the case is so for not only charles but a lot of people and and i'm just glad that dilla is still getting his props and and his flowers even though you know he's gone too soon yep uh next song is convinced indecision uh i like this a lot of great movie quotes in here movie uh clips uh, but it's basically a song about, you know, it's another love song. Uh, like I said, one of, I think Charles is really good at those. What what did you what did you think about this one? Uh once again, another love song. I can't think of any time when I ever heard Charles on a love song or a romantic song and he did poorly on it. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like I've said this before. When Charles gets to writing a love song or making a love song, this is like kind of his expertise, what he really likes to talk about. And it's just funny because in the song, he's talking about, of course, talking about being in love, but we all have those situations when you're with someone and, oh, you were looking at so-and-so, I heard this and that was going on and, you know, you're cheating maybe or you're doing this and that. And it's like, look, I know you think, you, you think that this and this is going on or, or whatever the case is, but just because something like this happened, that doesn't mean I don't love you or we had an argument. That doesn't mean this and that. I'm here for a reason. I'm here to stay. You know, just 
let, let, let's stop the arguing. Let's not even, let's not even go into that. Let's, let's focus on what we're supposed to do. It's supposed to be me and you. It's our relationship, not everybody else's. Right. Uh, I love the song. Definitely smooth, smooth track again. And it, it helps with, like I said, the way Dilla, Dilla does on beats, uh, it just accentuates everything else so much. Yeah. I, it's funny because, like, the again, the song opens up, like, you know. You got the passwords to everything. Why lie like the end of an adverb? That's word to me. I could be a prick. I would be beating chicks if you didn't say you leave me quick. Immediately, I switched from my promiscuous ways because I could have been tricking for days. Like, he's admitting, like, bro, listen. Uh, yeah, I, you have, it's not like I'm hiding anything from you, like, crazy you have all my passwords i know i could be a prick i know i could be you know what i'm saying yeah and and the hook is just is is great because like you know let's not pretend like i don't love you no one replaces you you know what i'm saying so it's like even with my faults just know that you are my one and like no matter what girls come into the picture no matter what type of situation i'm in you're you're still number one in in the situation um I love this record. This was one of those records uh, when I first heard the tape. I was like, "This is this is a good one." Definitely went on one of my romantic love type playlists. Uh, right. Yeah, but it's 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 a good record. Um, yeah, I, I like this one a lot. Uh, what we have next? We have Waterworks, and I know you wanted to get in touch on as the mental health subject of this, so I'll let you go ahead and take the floor for that one. All right. So. Um... Should I ask that question first, or let's talk about the song first? Or... We can do it either way. All okay. right. So, well, Waterworks uh, featuring uh, Show Two Fly. So, for the first, I didn't. And that, that's another thing too. I was like, I didn't even know that he was on the song because I didn't hear it before. But oh, yeah. so with this song, this, uh, oh, okay, yeah, this song, I probably would say this. This would be my favorite. This would probably be my favorite song. Really? Okay. Yeah. Favorite song on the tape. Like like I've said before, uh, when it comes to the serious matter and subjects Charles talks about, uh, mm. the emotional songs, the the, the deeper songs, mm. the, those are kind of like the songs my my Achilles because I'm just like yeah he's talking about something real talking about something serious mm-hmm. and especially at that time even though I didn't listen to the tape back then it's like those are the songs that I like to look for first those are the ones that I'm like I probably can gravitate towards those because I might have had some type of situation like that or just something i could really relate to in the song charles talks about uh just his past and just you know and he's talked about before like with his mom or family just issues that they had with not really getting along a lot and in one of the lyrics he talks about is In 2008, 2009, or whatever, just even back in the day, toxic toxic masculinity, you know, big thing. Be a man, men don't cry, don't be a little bitch, you know, all that, yeah. all those things, you know. And he's right. And him and Show, they're both talking about stuff that they went through. And it's like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to be a man. And at the same time, what is a man? Because Charles is probably like 20, 21 at this time. Of course, people say, oh, yeah, you're a man at 21. Not necessarily, you know, not necessarily, but compared to now, 2023, 
we take mental health seriously, especially men's mental health. Men should be able to feel like they could cry now. They should be able to vent, vent their frustrations, their issues, talk about their, their own troubles in their personal life without it being like, oh, like, that's so gross. Why Why do you have emotions? Because on the other flip side, it's like, okay, I won't show any emotion. I won't, I won't do any of that. And then it's like, oh, well, why are y'all so rough and rugged and so bitter and upset? And so I guess my, my big question is, obviously I like the song, but I wonder what changed that? Because back then in 2008, it's like, I think we all would think, okay, this is just how it is. We're just going to rock with it. It's just whatever. But it's taken so much serious, so much more seriously that now it's just like I have the little disconnect of like what happened. I'm glad, I'm glad it changed, but part of me just wonders like what 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 caused that, you know? Yeah, uh, I'm a, I'm gonna address the song first because I think that will kind of lead into some certain stuff. Uh, again, songs came out in 2008, I would think, right? Hamilton process, yeah, so. Yeah. 2008, yeah, uh, like I said, toxic, ma- toxic masculinity, or just, that's just what, how we were raised, unfortunately, like, you know, man up is a, is a term that was often used, don't cry, men don't, boys don't cry, whatever, Um, so I gravitated to the song because of that, to be fair, because I, you know, up until probably last year, I hadn't cried in like 15 years. Or whatever like at all right. so and i was and it wasn't like it wasn't like shit wasn't sad or shit wasn't you know like i didn't have reasons to cry it's just that i felt like for me and i kind of it's the thing i work on is i feel like i have to be strong for other people so if i'm not crying maybe they won't cry or if i'm showing that i can get through it maybe they can get through it yeah and it's probably not the healthiest thing to do you know um but i think what changes just like with everything else that changed man just like we they used to use certain words in in the back of the day that we don't use them more it's on this tape again uh and then like other stuff like you know um just some of the lyrics about you know Happen, you know, just touching girls without their consent and stuff like that. That's also kind of something that was kind of in the in the music back in the day. That's you know, then oh wait oh nine. Everybody was just like, let's just look past it. But I feel like now, as time goes on, it's like we're trying to focus more on, hey, it's okay to feel emotions. It's okay to cry. And not it's it doesn't mean you're not strong. It doesn't mean you're not a man. It just means you know you're a human, and that's really what we all are, kinda. Some of us are, are monsters deep down, but that's a hundred, another story for another day. Um, right. <laughs> overall, the song is great, though. Charles definitely raps about some some real stuff here. Again, more relationship with his mom. And that's, that's such an interesting relationship because I feel like as we get further into this podcast, we'll have to explore that because, like, you could tell he had a a rough, not a rough upbringing, but, like, he had this thing where he's, like, always butting heads with his mom. Yeah. But I'm also glad that in his later life, they kind of got to kind of heal that relationship in yeah. a way. You know what I'm saying? Before, you know, she un- unfortunately and untimely passed away. Um, but yeah, I, I, I understand this as someone who sometimes has, you know, 
rocky relationships with uh with family members or whatever you know it's good to see that there's a way to uh write about it or like get your expression out about certain stuff but yeah it's a good record like you said mental health is just it's been such an important thing over the last five to six years or whatever and the song just sounds different today obviously because of that and one thing i'll add on to it because like we talked about it's it's great that we're finally getting a spotlight on all this stuff Mm -hmm. because i'll give you a quick story so speaking about with my own mom so I was considered like a mama's boy when I was younger. And it's one of those things where like I spent almost most of my life with my mom. Like my dad be at work, my brothers be at school. So it was me and my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom passed when I was like nine years old. You know what I mean? So first first time I lose somebody really close to me like that, my own mom. Person mm-hmm. I hung out with like 24-7. Mm-hmm. And I remember being at the funeral and this woman was trying to like cheer me up and you know, trying to make sure I was trying to be strong. She's like, oh, don't cry, don't cry. Mm-hmm. What the fuck do you mean don't cry? Yeah, I literally lost my best friend, and that's one of those things where, like, we talk about being a man and being hard or whatever you want to call it. Like that definitely like shaped me in a certain way where I'm like, oh, can't can't ever cry again, can't ever do this again, can't ever do that again. And it's one of those things where even me and my brothers talked about. It, it's like, how how did you deal with that? And it's just like, kind of didn't, kind of kind of like, you know, mm-hmm. but it's stuff like that where we can all talk about it now and say, hey, you know you don't have to go through that anymore. You don't have to react to it like that anymore. We can all just actually speak about it and, you know, deal with it in our, in our own way. So if it, if it is uh, talking to a friend about it, talking to a therapist, writing a song about it, you get those emotions out as, as properly needed. So. Yeah. Feel free to pass on this question. Cause I just feel like with this conversation, I think it's an important conversation, obviously. Uh, okay. but obviously if you don't want to just skip it. Um, I know you recently, lost your brother or whatever um yes. how would you say because you i know you said you lost your mom at nine how would you say the differences what the differences was for losing your mom then and lose your brother like you i feel like you were probably in more healthier state to be able to deal with that type of loss versus earlier yeah uh a lot more healthier of course yeah. you know losing losing someone at nine you know, you, you don't even build that type of stuff. You're just trying to build yourself as an individual. You're still mm-hmm. trying to learn uh, long division and multiplication, yeah. stuff like that. But like I said earlier, it was it was so much of like, like the crazy thing is I used to like, after my mom passed, I used to like never smile in pictures and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of regret that because like, I look at some of my pictures where like, when I like was growing up, it's all like just stone face, just... Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, that, that's being a man. That's, or at least that's what I was taught. Being a man is just you don't cry, don't do this, you don't do that. And like I said, me and my brothers, we all dealt with stuff differently. And uh, I'll say, I'll say this. I won't speak too much on it. Uh, my brother that just passed, he was someone that drank a lot. Mm. My mom was someone that drank a lot. Mm. You know what I mean? And that was one of the reasons, like when I was younger, I didn't want to drink too much because I'm just like, I don't want to. You know, I know she had had that issue, mm-hmm. and basically it passed more to my brother than me with me. It's like, Oh, I could drink when I want to, I could stop when I want to my brother, Mm -hmm. same with my mom. But it's one of those things where when he passed, it was one of those things where my whole life was like, what the fuck? Like what, what, what happened? Mm -hmm. Not only that, it was a thing of, of course I was upset and, you know, I was doing the whole touring thing and whatnot, but I had to think about it. It's like, look, life is life you can't control when people go you could always say oh i could have did this i could have did that 
Mm-hmm. That that's not stopping anything. When people are supposed to go, they're supposed to go. Do I did I want him to? No, I still miss him every day. It's a lot easier to deal with it now, like I said, because it's just me being uh logical and realistic and just saying, hey, you have to just come to terms with that. Mm-hmm. Um, for me though, uh within this last like year or two, I kind of like got rid of like certain people that weren't good for my mental health and being around certain people in places. So it helped me out a lot because it was a thing where I realized even with my brother being gone, it's like, hey, he, it, let's say, for example, if I if I pass, right, my brother would have still drank. He would have been like, hey, we got a drink for Mike. We got to pour up a shot for Mike, something like that, whatever. So it's like, look, I'm going to live my life out to the fullest and continue to do that and honor him a lot more now because my brother was more of a homebody. He didn't really go out. So I'm like, I want to make sure I'm living my life to how maybe he wanted to, but just just, just didn't want to. But it, it definitely, it was definitely a lot easier, but it's still hard at the same time because when my mom is like, hey, I'm around my mom a lot, but my brother, two years older than me. So we went to high school together. We we did everything together. Like yeah. the Sonic and Tails thing. He was player one, I was player two. So losing someone that close, it hurts. But at the same time, when you're older and you've been through a lot more and you can kind of rationalize everything, it does make it, it does make it easier. But at the same time, you have to have the tools and know how to use them to properly um, kind of get, get through the navigate through those situations. Hmm. Appreciate you talking about that, man. No um, Krispy Kreme intentions. I like the name of that. That's, I, I'm not going to lie. I, just, I like the name of that. That's just that's that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I will say this, honestly, with. You know, this tape being inspired by donuts and whatnot. Uh, I apologize. Krispy Kreme is cool. Shout out to Krispy Kreme. I'm more of a Dunkin' Donuts guy, personally, myself, just because they, they, they've always been around. Also, my mom used to work at Dunkin' Donuts, so maybe that's what it is. So, yeah. <laughs> so but with this song, I like the song. I felt like this is, I guess we're probably like halfway through the tape around this point now. And Charles, like you said, in the beginning, talking about, oh, this mission, if I choose to accept it, you know, kind of about changing the, the the game music and whatnot and in the hook charles says okay uh let me see what he said uh call Dilla, i think I, I found my mission now so it's kind of mm-hmm. like maybe when he first heard it uh i'm here for a reason but i don't know what yet and then yeah. you have that like that light bulb moment oh that's what it is that's what i'm supposed to do and mm-hmm. uh good song i enjoy it um i think it's just like one of those songs where he's just ju- just spitting his heart out and whatnot and just showing that maybe cocky cockiness confidence whatever you want to call it he, he's showing that off as well but uh, i really like the song and i feel like it's just like the the epiphany it's the epiphany of the tape where it's like all right well i know what i'm supposed to do now i know how to do it and now that i i have everything together this is what i'm bringing to y'all and this is this is how i plan on changing this business even even if you know it's by myself i'm going to bring about the change that that should should have been brought because charles does talk about so many other artists being so lazy, you know, doing doing the same old, same old. And it's like, man, hip hop really is dead, but we're about to bring it back alive. Yeah. I think what's called, I think this is I kind of think the first half of the tape is more of the song making and and song building. And then the second half is very lyrical. I think it's probably the more the the more lyrical portion of the tape. Okay. Um and he just kicks it off great with Krispy Kreme intentions. Like you said, this is kind of like the aha moment, like, oh, okay. I'm ready to accept this mission. I figured out what my mission is. This is it's my duty to 
get hip hop uh, hip hop to be more um innovative more i want to i want to change i want to make it different i want to make it great again oh that sounds awful now these days. <laughs> oh god oh yeah that sounds horrendous these days uh oh, but god. yeah uh but yeah i think i think it's a i think it's a cool a cool say a cool record um yeah uh to answer your other point dunkin donuts is better for like the flavors so like your sprinkles your what you call it crispy green glazed Pause is the or is that's if you're getting glazed donuts, that's the one you get. You eat Krispy Kreme. That's just that's what you do. I agree. Uh, I I completely agree on that because honestly, the first time I even uh, had Krispy Kreme was not even at a Krispy Kreme. It was at a I don't know if y'all have it here, but Royal Farms. Oh yeah, bro. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was like Krispy Kreme. What what is this? And I'm like, oh okay, all right, Krispy Kreme. You know, because Delaware, we're so behind on so much stuff. Like literally, I think it was like last year or the year before, we got a Wingstop. It was oh my god, Wingstop. It's like we're we're so behind on stuff, dude. So how y'all be the first state and be the last, the last to get shit? <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I told you, man. This state, man, we're trash. This state is trash, bro. <laughs> um. The Bermuda Triangle, man. Uh, the big three of Charles Show Two Fly and Young Nate get on a track together. Three verses. Uh, I remember this was one of my one of my favorite. This would be my one of my get hype tracks for like uh for basketball. I would I would kind of play one it play this and kind of because that beat goes hard. By the way, that those drums and that drop, yeah, that's crazy. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna ask you. I'm gonna answer first, but I was gonna ask who do you think had the best verse. Uh, this is tough because I feel like everybody kind of brings their own flavor to it. Charles does his normal thing. I feel like Show brings kind of like a smooth, a smooth rapper type. Like, cause at this point, Show is like what 18? I think at this point, Maybe. about 18. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure out if he had the because in the song Waterworks, he said that he had that stroke. I'm trying to remember when he had the stroke. Was it before? He turned 18 or during his 18th birthday or something like that. I want to say before, but don't quote me on it. Yeah, no, I don't want to. I don't want to. But I do. I know he definitely had the stroke. So, like, even him being able to rap is, like, nuts if you really think about it. Yeah. And then Young Nate just brings, like, this high energy. Like, he's he's very – Young Nate's always very aggressive. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, of the three, especially when it comes to, like, the me listening to basketball, I always gravitated to Young Nate. Because, like, after the verse, he gets, like, really excited and really angry that he can't finish his verse. So that's right. the one where I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go now. I'm ready to go out here and, like, dunk on a couple people. Um, so what what did you think of the record, and who do you think had the best verse? So out of all of the songs on this tape, this was the one I actually heard that everyone was like, oh, you got to listen to this. You got they, they they played it for me, but and they, I never got to hear anything else from the tape. So I was like, I'll check it out on my own time. So I was already aware of this, and also this beat, I would probably say – this might have to be like a top 15. I don't know if anyone would say top 10, but at least a top 15 Charles beat. Like this, okay. I always hear people talk about this beat all the time. Yeah. So with the song, obviously uh, you got show, you got Charles, you got Nate on it. And they all bring, cause it's funny. Cause they all, they're all cocky in their own way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and they all bring it in a different way. Uh, I, and I love songs like this where there, there's no hook really. It's just, just rap. Just yeah. rap. It doesn't matter. Just rap. Rap on a hard beat. So I'll say this. It was between Charles and, and um, Nate for me. 
Mm. I feel bad for a show because what I've noticed in a lot of songs where you have like three verses and it's just rapping, Mm. usually, not all the time, but usually the second verse usually gets overlooked because the first one starts it off, does great, and usually the third one either does just as good or they surpass it. And usually that's what you're supposed to do Mm. when you're on a posse track, I guess you could call it. Yeah, the, the, the whoever does the best is supposed to go last, you know, but usually second gets overlooked. But I feel like Show did a great job, so I, I want to make sure Show Show gets his flowers for that. But I will say this, and I'm going to have to be technical because Nate didn't finish his verse. I'm giving the nod to Charles. I'm sorry. I'm giving I'm giving the nod to Charles. Part of me was like when when I heard it though, I was just like okay. Nate, Nate, Nate's killing it. He he killed yeah. it. And then it is the part where he just stopped. And also, I don't know if Charles was hating or not, because if you hear him, he's like, ah, oh, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Charles like, uh, actually, no, that's probably that's good right there. We're gonna just we're gonna stop that right there. And we you know we're gonna add the rest of this in. And he's like, no, let me finish my verse. He's like, nah, nah, it's good right there. This is perfect how it is. It's yeah. like he probably had maybe like four more bars or something like that. And Charles was like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna let you finish that one. Yeah. I feel like he was like, "Yeah, hey, you're not going to do this to me on my own song." <laughs> I don't know. And he's like, "Yeah, we're going to stop it right there." Um, I feel like I will say, if Nate was able to finish it, I feel like it, it was. It, it's still, it's still that much great. But yeah. I, I want to give the nod to Charles. Be like, "Hey, man, at least Charles finished his verse." I don't know if Nate just got too excited for the beat and whatnot and and whatever. But I'm like, "Hey, man, you can't you can't be fumbling like that. <laughs> you can't be fumbling like that, man." Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's funny. I know Charles said he had a hook. He might have had a hook to go there. I wonder what that would have sounded like. Um, I think I think it's good without it, you know, because I, I like like you said. I think it's just good to have three dudes rapping on a hard beat. Give us your best first, and just let's let's cut it from there. Um, right. And it, it's it's also cool because going back and listening to this because you don't. It's crazy. We don't get that many Charles Show and Young Nate songs. Like you get them on like like bigger posse cuts or. But this, when it's just those three, I think it's this one. Uh, beautiful things, they're on that one, and That's I go crazy. One. That's the okay. One. Beautiful things, all right. Beautiful things, and I go crazy. I, those two, and it's funny because I think those two were on the same tape. Those were on uh, AO. These niggas went Hollywood, I think. But yeah, and it's it's funny because like you listen to this, and then like you know, Show and Nate are so young or whatever, and then like you listen to like some of this music like as they got older and later on, and they got so much better. Like I like a lot of show and Nate tapes um, that they also stayed in rotation, so it's just yeah. fun going back and listening to this, and then going back and listening to some of their older stuff and seeing the progression that they made over their careers too. Yeah, because I think the most important thing is, of course, when you have the marquee artists like Charles, usually every other is you're not going to be the only rapper around you, so it's like you got to bring some people around you that could spit and that would be good because when. I can't think of anybody on the top of my head, but at the same time, I don't want to disrespect anybody. But just right. imagine what's oh, you got you got this person, this person, and then it's like, oh yeah, uh, my boys want to get on the song. It's like skip, nope, skip. Uh-huh. It's, it's <laughs> I, I feel like I can I feel like I can vouch for every star chaser that like what would show and Nate, like you get excited to hear them on a song because they bring their own originality and mm-hmm. they never I can't think of a song where I was like man, Nate didn't really, man, Nate wasn't aggressive enough, or show wasn't too, he wasn't showing off enough, you know, he wasn't right. he wasn't flashy enough, you know, like, they, they, they it's enjoyable whenever all three of them on a song together, but even if it's just two, they all bring their own, own magic to it, and, and it all works out. 
yeah, that's a fact. Uh, next up is, ooh, I would probably say after after listening to it some more and finally, you know, in 2023, this is probably my favorite song now, and it's Losing Control. This was called Losing Control Revisited. Um, yeah, Charles is rapping his ass off on here, bro. Like, he's going crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? The beat, the beat is nuts, and he's just going crazy on this one. Everything was so fine in the afterlife. I'm in the place where convicts go after life. I spent half my life trying to find some definition to it, but it didn't work out. No definition to it. So I'm back in the labs trying to make an elixir that can keep me safe from this twister. Another formula to make more than just family fans. I know it's destiny, but can it be planned? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just he's he's about you could just tell he's about to go crazy. And there's so many quotables in here. Um but I'll let you I'll let you talk about it first while I kind of look up some of my favorites in here. Okay. So the one that that, that sticks out the most is um quotable. He said, uh, I ate Pandora's box, but I won't go in it. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Cause we all know what Pandora's box is. It's like, you know, probably the the one or two things that you want the most, but you know, it usually comes at a cost. It's something yeah. that, where it's like it's it's usually not worth it. It's not worth, you know, going through all all, all the all the problems. But the fact where you're going to eat Pandora's box and the play on words, and then you won't go in it. It's like I'm pretty sure if you if you, if you ate the box, you're still technically going in it, and you're probably. Right. <laughs> but um, like you said, anytime Charles goes in the booth and he he wraps his ass off, or he's trying to show his lyrical capability, it's always a plus for me because it's I I think for Charles, one of the things he he always had to go through was that oh like for like example Nate right. Nate was oh he's the he's the arrogant guy the cocky guy the the gunplay rapper and whatnot and mm. people they'll look at Charles like oh well he shouldn't be talking about guns because he doesn't look the he doesn't look the part he doesn't look this he doesn't look that right. he doesn't look tough enough he doesn't look you know whatever you want to call it and this is when Charles shines the best because you know Charles tell tell him that he can't do something he's he's going to go through hell and high water to prove you wrong all right yeah. you think you think i can't rap like this you think i can't rap like that all right well let me, let me prove y'all wrong let me make sure that y'all eat y'all words so no but definitely hype hype song um anytime charles gets on, on a beat and, and does damage i love it i'm like listen you you got if you might miss some 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 wordplay you might miss some double entendres or whatever the case is but that's why you got to play it back you got to keep listening to it so Great song. Yeah. Uh, he says, The secrets of the world can be found in me. Tied up and bound in me. Crown me, please. So high, my ego is below. He's so cocky. Then he died. Now behold, the most prolific niggas spitting dope scriptures. The devil's son, God's favorite, and they're both siblings. And that's why I'm so sick, man. So dig this. You earthless. Just don't get it. I grabbed the devil and God and made them both listen. No that's crazy, dog. What? That's nuts. Oh my God. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it it's 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 crazy because like again, he has this, you know, God is woman, and that's kind of like what he talks about a lot, but he's also kind of got the goth thing and the and the witchcraft. So, you know, he is kind of like the devil's son. So like that's crazy. It kind of reminds me of how like uh later on Jada Kiss, like on a schoolboy Q song, I forgot what it's called. But he's like he's doing the three man weave with the Lord and the devil. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's kind of the vibe I get from this man. And you know, yeah, eating Dilla's donuts, flipped it. You know, and, and that's kind of the that's what this tape is. It's him absorbing and and 
and taking in Dilla's Donuts and the and the the album Dilla's Donuts and just flipping it into his own masterpiece, right? And right. again, he he kills it, man. He he really does a great job with this song. Definitely, I totally agree, one hundred percent. Uh, he closes out before the instrumentals kicked in with "What's Going On," um, and this song is kind of the where he kind of explains where he's at with his mission and what his mission is not only for the tape, but like what his mission is in his career. Um, and it's to make music back to being exciting. And then he just, you know, cause one of the things he says is was music ever this fucking depressing. He just feels like everything. Cause like you think again, 0708, we're talking like snap music. We're talking everybody trying to make dance songs and, because there were so many dance songs. Crank that, crank Wait. that everything. <laughs> um, lean with it, rock with it. I, like, there was just so many different. And listen, for the time, that's cool, especially if you're in college. Dope, dope time to be because all those songs play, and, you know, everybody's doing the dances. But it was, it was kind of overshadowing real music or real hip hop, quote unquote, and lyricism and stuff. And Charles was trying to bring that back. And I'm not mad at him for taking on that mission. Agreed. It's one of those things where he starts off saying, I woke up trying to figure why these niggas who can't rhyme for. And Charles has always brought that up you know, a good amount of time. Like, okay, um, if I'm so good, because people are telling him, oh, man, you're you're such a genius. You're so great with, with you know, how you put these songs together, how you rap and everything. But it's like, all right, well, if, if I'm really this great, why am I not signed? Why is this person signed? Why is that person signed? Like mm. they can't do a uh, half or a quarter of what I can do. So, mm. so what's up with that? And like you said, it comes down to the whole mission thing. And it's like, all right, well, if if this is the mission, you know, how is it going to get done? Because for for rap for a while, it seemed pretty bleak. Like man, like I guess we're just doing dance music. We're doing ringtone rap. This is this is all it comes to. So it's just like, man, like what is going on? You know, like when do we when do we go back to lyricism to to memorable songs substance and charles has always talked about substance and he's always had substance in the songs so it's one of those things where you kind of just like you you feel for him and then you kind of you self-reflect on yourself like hey maybe as fans of music am i part of the problem mm. because you know i'm enjoying this too you know it's one of those things where it's easy uh, the the music that you enjoy is going to get played more. It's going to get put out more. Mm. If you don't check it out, you don't listen to it. It's not going to get played. So if Charles's music doesn't get played, and he's supposed to be here to send it to to make this mission complete, it's not going to get complete. It's not going to get done how it's supposed to get done. And the one thing I do love, because what I learned about like Dilla was that him the way he would make his beats and he would do things on purpose and he would be creative and try out different things mm -hmm. regardless of what people thought. It's like, hey, that doesn't go there. This doesn't, it's not supposed to sound like that. He did mm -hmm. it anyway. And he made his own impact in the game compared to everyone else saying, all right, well, we're we're doing a down South beat. So my whole, my whole album has to be down South. It's like, man, that's boring. That's annoying. Yeah. It's just like, we, we got to, we got we got to break the mold. We got to break the cycle, man. And, and it's, it's a great message. And it's one of those things where we we have to kind of we have to be conscious about like what we what we take in when it comes to this music. Because let's say even nowadays the song's relevant because now everything is uh, if it's not trap, it's Jersey Club. 
And I have no problem with Jersey Club. I have no problem with Baltimore Club. I love those songs, but I'm tired of every song. Doom, 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 doom. And they're so lazy with the sampling. You know, it's just like, oh, I'm going to just take this random sample, add that same drum pattern. Yep. Boom. We're kind of in the same situation. I mean, it happens all the time, but it's like, it's it's overkill. Yeah. Uh, music, music again is a donut. Uh, it we start at a point we may we you know we may start at a problem as we get halfway through. We're like, oh, we finally fixed it, but slowly but surely we'll get right back to where we started. You know, um, this is kind of like I say, he's he's talking a lot about you know we're the generation who changed music, and unfortunately we changed it to this brainless nuisance. And his his goal again was to make new hop, which was. He was trying to be like, let's move away from this other stuff. Let's let's make something new. Let's make something different. And he was trying to mix different, you know, genres and different samples and try to make things get it back to where they were. You know, um, I like how he at, at the after the second verse, he kind of just he talks and he's like, you know, as I stand alone in this booth, my eyes closed. You know, I just I see a treble cleft, but it, it, it looks like the American flag and it's burning, and I'm like. We're all there. We all see it. We can stop it, but will we? And it's like his way of saying, like, we all see that music is going in this negative or like this downward or repetitive path. And we could all change it at any point. But are we going to actually try something new and be creative? Or are we going to continue to just be like, oh, let's just make that music. Let's just make that music. And his goal was, let's make new music, you know? And I feel like, again, like I'll I'll always say he 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 inspired a lot of people through that. Like I feel like a lot of the new kids, a lot of the the artists that we see today, they may or may not admit it, but I feel like they listened to a lot of Charles Hamilton and they were like, I want to make music like that. I don't need to make it rap. I don't need to follow trends. I can try something new and do different stuff. And you know. Charles may not have been the one to be the flag bearer per se, but yeah. he definitely carried the flag up to a certain point beforehand and all. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people don't realize that happens a lot. You know, Tupac had that one quote about, you know, he might not be the person that changed the world, but he might inspire the mind of the person that actually changed the world. A lot of times with a lot of this happening, we won't be able to, you know, actually see the change that we make we might it might happen later on you know and we might not even be privy to it because we might be you know dead and gone and that's kind of similar to uh dilla because with dilla you know he was i want to say it was like between 2001 2002 that's when he got diagnosed with lupus and everything and his health started you know going downhill Mm -hmm. and a lot of stuff that we see now we hear now like i said with lo-fi music with how people are preparing their beats and how they're you know trying different things because when you think about lo-fi music and all that type of stuff you think about what you see on youtube it's like the little anime picture of the girl or the guy studying or something like that and Mm. it's just like some soft easy music to listen to but most people don't think about jay dilla so he didn't get to you know you know see see the fruits of his labor you know but his, his music is everywhere or his influence is everywhere and at the same time I, I hope it's not like that, but for Charles, it might be the same way where, you know, people might not admit, hey, you know, you inspire me to do this or try something different, or you actually influenced me to make this song, which is a big song now. But it's one of those things where you kind of have to ask yourself the question, 
uh, what's more important? Should you just go the mainstream route, like a, a Drake or someone like that, where you just chase the hits, chase the songs? You're going to be all over the radio, all on TV, mm-hmm. but at the same time, some of that music is going to be like here and there. It's going to be it's going to be here now, but probably in like a year or two, it might not age that well to the point where it's like, oh yeah, he did make that song. Yeah, that's yeah. uh, you know, there there's so many people that have careers like that. If you think about it, like with rap, there's only a handful of rappers that have actually went platinum first week sales. And there's only a handful of uh, artists, period, especially rappers, that have gone diamond, selling 10 million. If I remember, Vanilla Ice is one of them. But Mm -hmm. do we ever talk about Vanilla Ice? No. (laughs) So it's one of those things where do you go the mainstream route and just chase the singles and the hits and the success, even though your name probably might be forgotten later on when it really comes to hip hop talks do you do your own thing and then hey you understand you might not get the credit that you're looking for you know compared to the mainstream route or here's another one do you try to balance it you try to play both sides you try to make the 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 hits but also try to stay true to yourself and in that situation you might alienate both fan bases because the label might be like oh we don't want to hear that if you're not putting enough product out we're shelving you and then your fans are like, go back to what you used to make. Oh, you know what? He changed, you know? So it's 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 really crazy how you think about it. So much goes into making music. And do you really, do you, are you going to be true to yourself? Or are you, I want to say be fake? Or do you play the game? And you kind of have to make that decision. Jay Dilla decided to play the game in his own way. Charles is doing the same. And I think Charles has made the right choice along with Dilla where you got to do what, what's what's right for you because what's the point of making music if you really don't enjoy it? Yeah. I think Charles said it best, man. Uh, you're talking about someone else. He said he want to make mad hits. I want to make classics. So, and I think that's what Charles, you know, I think that was Charles's focus. I think that was always Charles's focus. If, if hits came, hits came. But I think his thing was, I want to make bodies of work and bodies of art that will stand the test of time. Um, and speaking of, we are at the end of this tape, at least the song portion, because you know the instrumentals fill up the second half of the overall tape. So right. in 2023, man, let us know how you feel about and then they play Dilla and of course the rating that you would like to give it. So I'm I'm very I'm usually iffy on tapes that have like only a certain amount of songs, like mm-hmm. five to seven songs, just because they're so short. Mm-hmm. And you have that issue of if you have like three bad songs or two bad songs it might just be a wash at that point right but i will say personally for me i think charles did a phenomenal job number one with the tape itself two mm-hmm. uh making sure he did he paid homage to dilla mm-hmm. and, and did it in a respectful tasteful way mm-hmm. he did it right and didn't overshadow anybody i'm gonna say rating wise I would give this a supersonic. I like all the songs. I like every single song. If I was to listen to this again, which I will, I'm playing. I'm playing this front to back, no questions asked. Supersonic. Yeah. Um, again, if you if you asked me when I first listened to it, I'd be like, oh, this is this is a good tape. I would probably, I could probably shift it somewhere if I'm. I forgot where I put it on my top forty list that I did one day one year. Um, but now it's probably way higher because just listening to this tape front to back, 
it's just really good. Like there's really no true skips. Like like I said, I feel like Al would probably be the my least favorite, but even then I still like that. It's not yeah. a bad song. Like it's not a song where I'm like, oh, I, I'm definitely going to skip this. Like I I don't want to listen to this at all. But there isn't one on here. Like this is a really good tape. Like I feel like like you said, when it's when it's a short tape, you don't have room for error. Like you have to hit every song or damn near every song for it to be memorable. And this is one of those tapes where like he did. Like he really didn't there was no fluff. This was all necessary, all good songs, some really great songs on here as well. A lot of good rapping. Of course, the production is like a fusion dance between him and Dilla. So it's it's just it's it's almost perfect, honestly. Uh I'm with you, supersonic rating. I I think I did just you can't give this anything lower, honestly. Um, yeah, supersonic rating for sure. For sure. Um yeah. But uh, this has been another episode of Star Chaser Central, man. Of course, you can follow us on TikTok at Star Chaser Central. You can follow us on Twitter on Star CH Central. Um, and then you can follow us on our individual pages. I'm at stickaround54 on Instagram, S-T-I-K around 54. Mike, where can they find you at, buddy? On Instagram, Mike, the Mike Jackson, T-H-E, Mike Jackson. On Twitter, y'all y'all know, say it with me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, this is the part where they're supposed to say it. There's probably no right. one singing it. They're like, what the right. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> On Twitter, I am Mike D. Jackson. Mike D-E-E Jackson. Be sure to comment on the on the episode. Let us know your favorite songs on and then they play Dilla. Uh, if you have any Dilla stories yourself, uh, some of the instrumentals that you like, uh, you know, engage with us, talk with us. Be sure to share the pod with your, you know, your fellow friends, Star Chasers. Let us know what you want us to review. Let us know what you want us to listen to. Um, what else? Am I missing something? What do I, what do I, what else do I normally say? Uh, I think you said it all. I feel yeah. like that's everything, right? Yeah, you, you said it all. I can't, I can't. You got it. You got yeah, it. Good, yeah, good for me. Great, great, <laughs> great for me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are logging out of the Star Chaser Central, man, where we always encourage you to follow your dreams. And reach for the stars. Peace out.